Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. I will be talking about Zion today and how God is a God of covenant. And so let's look at Genesis chapter 21 again. In Genesis chapter 21, let me just paraphrase it. Abraham and Abimelech entered into an agreement and into a covenant because when he dug the well, as I said, well, well, which was the source of water, was a very necessary aspect of their living. And so anytime they dug a well, they settle around the well. But Abraham would dig the well and they would contend with him about on the well. And so it came to pass that he dug this well and God was blessing him. Abimelech came and Abimelech made a pact with him or an agreement with him and a covenant with him. And he, he dug another well and that one, uh, it became his permanent well. And that's where he settled in a place called Beersheba, all right? Abraham settled in Beersheba. But the good news is that when he died, his wife died, his wife Sarah died. She was buried not in Beersheba, but in Hebron, the place of fellowship. Abraham died. He was also buried in Hebron, the place of fellowship. But even though God moved Isaac as well to place Beersheba, Beersheba is not God's ultimate place of choice. The ultimate, Beersheba was a place of living waters. It was a place where Abraham planted the King James say groove, but other translations like New King James say that uh, uh, tamarisk, tamarisk tree. Tamarisk tree was the first tree Abraham, Abraham ever planted, which was symbol symbolizing the actualization and the materialization of the tree of life, which was missing and lost in the Garden of Eden by Adam. Abraham, to walk with God, he needed this, a tree, the tree that would be a manifestation of life, that the water of life causes things to grow. Hallelujah. So Abraham planted in Genesis chapter 21, verse, uh, I think, 33, he 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 32 33 he planted the tamarisk tree there and then called the name of the place Beersheba and called on the name of the uh, of the eternal god Jehovah Elohim he called on the name of the eternal god and so god said oh wow Abraham well done at that time Isaac was already born Isaac was born in chapter 21 from verse 1 to 5 so Isaac was already born and Abraham called on the name of the lord in the end of the chapter so and he made a pact and call on the name. He made a covenant and call on the name. But God had already made a covenant with Abraham in Genesis in the early early part, few chapters before. And so it's very interesting. When Abraham made a covenant with Abimelech, God felt, Abraham, you are not talking the language of covenant. Let me take you higher. Actually, let me take you to the place of my choice. I'm talking about Zion, the choice of God. Zion, the choice of God. You can choose to say Mount Zion, the choice of God. But remember, Hebrew said, for we have but, but we have come to Mount Zion. I'm talking about Mount Zion. Zion, the choice of God. So God said, Abraham, let me show you what to do. So then very next verse, Genesis chapter 21. Genesis chapter 21, verse 33. And Abraham planted a groove or a tamarisk tree in Beersheba and called there on the name of the Lord. For whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord Jesus. And he called on the name of the Lord uh, the everlasting God. And Abraham lived there, sojourned in the land of the Philistines for many days. Watch this. And it came to pass after, after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto Abraham, Abraham, 
Abraham and he said, Behold, here I am. Verse 2, And he said, Take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mounts which I will tell thee of. Go to the land of Moriah, the Mount Moriah. There's a mountain there. I will show you which of the mounts I will show you. Now, so God comes and makes a choice. If you watch very carefully, God told Abraham, let Lot go. So Lot left. And then Abraham said, uh, Eliezer, Genesis chapter 15, of Damascus shall be my heir. God said, no, I have not chosen Eliezer. No, no, Lot, no. Eliezer, no. And then Ishmael shows up on the scene. Abraham's heart was attached to Ishmael. And God said, no. So Lot, no. Eliezer, no. Ishmael, no. Then God himself brings Isaac. So the Isaac God brought, God said, this is what I'm, who I'm going to use. He's the child of promise. But watch this. Then after a few years, this is many years, because Genesis chapter 21 to chapter 22, it's not just three days. It's not just seven days or eight, two months. It's many years. Isaac was old now. So theologians believe it's 17 years, something like that. So God comes and he said, now, the one I've given you for a promise, give him back to me, because I cannot fulfill my promise in your life with what I've given to you if you are not if you are not able to hand it back to me God can only use what he has given to you after you hand it back to him so God said bring him back to me and and I Abraham said yes Lord but he said you can't just bring him back to me anywhere you want and anyhow you want I'm going to make a particular demand I am the God of a place I told you when it comes to covenant it has to do with people or a person or a place so and uh, so uh, Rahab. Rahab said, I want to be part of Israel. So I want to follow you and your God will be my God. Because he attached, she attached herself to the people of Israel. She in, 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 connected herself to the covenant. How about Naomi? Ruth said, your God shall be my God. Your people shall be. He said, where you go, I will go. Your people shall be my people. Your God shall be my God. And she plucked into something. She connected herself into the, the covenant. So she became one of the, the only few women in the genealogy of Jesus. Mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew. Ruth was mentioned. And guess what? Rahab was also mentioned because they chose the people who had the covenant. Now, so when it comes to a covenant, you are talking about a people, but not only a people. What most of us lose sight of is a place. God is a God of covenant. That means that there is a place that God has an eye on. And I found out in, in my studies that God has always chosen a particular place to be his eternal place of covenant. Well, let's look, in, let's look into it now. So Abraham, God told Abraham, I need you to sacrifice Isaac to me, but not where you want, the place where I choose. And where did God choose? God chose Mount Moriah. Mount Moriah. Mount Moriah. All right. So take notice of Mount Moriah. That is where the, the region of Jerusalem, Mount Moriah later on became Mount Zion. All right. Mount Zion. Now look at this. In the book of... Um, I want to, I want us to look at um, Exodus. Let's go to Deuteronomy and I'll come back. So Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 5. See what God said. 
but on, unto the place which I Okay, let me read verse 4. Ye shall not do so unto the Lord your God, but unto the place which the Lord your God shall choose out of all your tribe to put his name, tribe to put his name there, even unto his habitation shall ye seek, and thither shall ye come. That's where you should come, where God will choose. God has a choice. Verse 13 says that take heed to yourself that thou offer not thy burnt offerings in every place that thou chooses. So you can choose. But God said, when it comes to a covenant relationship, it's not where you choose, where I choose and what I choose. So he said, be careful you don't do it. Verse 11 says that then thou shall uh, then then there shall be a place which the Lord your God shall choose to cause his name to dwell there. There shall ye bring all that I command you, your burnt offerings and your sacrifice, your, your sacrifices, your tithes, and your heaps, your heave offerings, the, uh, sorry, and the heave offerings of your hand, and all your all your choice vows which ye vow unto the Lord, and ye shall rejoice before the Lord. That's where he said, bring it where I've chosen. And then verse 14 says that, but in the place which the Lord shall choose. In one of thy tribes, thou shalt offer thy burnt offerings, and thou shalt do all that I command. It's a place. God has kept, kept his covenant in a place. Verse 18, but thou shalt eat them before the Lord thy God in the place which the Lord thy God shall choose. Thou, sh thou and thy sons and thy daughter, thy son and thy daughter, and thy maidservant, and thy, 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 thy manservant, and thy maidservant, and, and the Levite that is within thy gates, and thou shalt rejoice before the Lord thy God in all that thou putteth thy hand to do. Verse, verse 26. Only thy only thy holy things which thou hast and thy thy vows thou shalt take and go unto the place which the Lord the Lord shall choose. Have you noticed that God was particular? He kept saying where the Lord shall choose, where the Lord shall choose. Look at chapter 15, verse, um, verse 20. It says that thou shalt eat it before the Lord thy God year by year in the place which, which watch this, in the place which the Lord shall choose. Thou and thy household is God is always talking about a particular place God has chosen. God has chosen a particular place. Chapter, um, let's look at Deuteronomy again, chapter um, 16. Oh, yeah, Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 22. Chapter 14, verse 22. I read chapter 15. Verse 20. Let's look at chapter 14, verse 22. He said, Thou shalt thou thou shalt truly tithe all the increase of thy seed. Hallelujah. He said, You shall make sure you are tithing true in truth. Thou shalt truly tithe, okay, all the increase of thy seed, and thy field uh, uh, that thy field bring forth year by year, and thou shalt eat before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose. If you come across, God kept talking about, I, there's a place I choose. There's a place I choose. That's where you should bring your tithe. That's where you should bring your offering. That's where you should bring your sacrifices. He told Abraham, there's a place I have chosen. There's a place called Mount Moriah. Send Isaac there. And go and that's where I want you. The covenant 
placement, the covenant position, the covenant place God has chosen is, he said, Abraham, take your son to Mount Moriah. If he had taken Isaac to another mount of his choice, which was closer to him, he would have missed he would have lost his son because he would have killed him and there wouldn't have been any provision because Bible says in the mount of the Lord, God shall provide for himself a lamb. Hallelujah. And so, um, so God chooses a place where the people, his people should bring him sacrifice. I want you to look at, so he told the Israelites, there's a place I've chosen. Look at David. This is, this is, this will interest you. In Second Samuel chapter 24, verse 18. This is when there was a plague in the land and David wanted divine intervention. He wanted God. He wanted heaven to intervene on the behalf of the land. And so he prayed and God said, okay, I'm going to help you. So God told the prophet, David had a personal prophet called God, G-A-D, verse 18. And God came that day to David and said unto him, go up, rear an altar Watch this. Rear an, an altar unto the Lord in the threshing floor of Arauna, the Jebusite. So he said, go and rear an altar in the in Arauna. There's a guy called Arauna. He's a Jebusite. He has a threshing floor. God said, the prophet came and told David, if you see, want to see the hand of God, go there. Go and get that land and offer to me. And so David, verse, 20, verse 24 says that, and the king said unto Arauna. So David went. Arauna saw the king coming. Arauna said, No, I won't sell it to you. You are the king. Why will I sell it to you? I can't sell it. And the king said to Arauna, No, but I will surely buy it of thee at a at a price. Neither will I offer burnt offering unto the Lord my God of that which does not cost me anything. That's what God told Abraham. If you are coming, you, it must cost you something. Your genuine worship must cost you something. Your genuine Christian life must cost you something. It might cost you some relationships. It might cost you some material things. It might cost you some positions. It might cost you some convenience. But every genuine worship will cost you. The genuine worship God call, God asked for will cost you your only son, Isaac. David said, I can offer unto God that which cost me nothing. I want to pay a price for it. Hallelujah. I want to pay a price for it. Mothers and fathers, let's teach our children when they are coming to church to give their offerings, but don't give them the coin to give. Join that we give them something and give them money to be keeping aside for themselves and out of their personal resources and savings. They should take some and give to God. Other than that, they won't value the, what it costs to give to God. They have to make a, their own choice. Out of the 20 pounds I have saved for the one month, I want to give God this one. I want to give God. Let's teach our children to give God from their own resources. Hallelujah! Praise God. And so he said, I will not give God that which cost me nothing. Watch the verse 25. And David built there an altar. Even building an altar is a lot of work. David built, David built there an altar unto the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord entreated the land and the plague was stayed from Israel. God intervened and the plague was stayed. Remember, it wasn't David who chose the place. It was God who chose the place. Look at the same thing in Second. um uh, that's this is second kings. So look at the same story in um in first chronicles. The same story in first chronicles, chapter 21, verse 18 again. Then the angel of the Lord commanded God to say to David that, that David should go up and set 
I set up an altar unto the Lord in the threshing floor of Onan, the Jebusite. Now, ah, but the other one says that around Onan, this one is Onan, the same person. Okay, the same person is uh, Onan, Arauna, the Jebusite. In Chronicles, they call him uh, Onan. In in uh, in Samuel, they call him Arauna. Okay, or Aruna. So. Uh, the, the honor. So he said, go, the angel, God told David, go, that you should go up and set up an altar in the threshing floor of Onan, the Jebusite, somebody's land. He said, don't use your own. Go and buy a new one. Go and get a new one. And it's not just a new land because that's where I'm going. Because God had an eye on that particular land. That's what I'm, I'm going. God had an eye. And I want to submit to you, brothers and sisters. It is that same place that Abraham went to sacrifice Isaac. That same place. Many years later, it had become the possession. Oh, thank you, Jesus. It had become the possession of Arauna or Onan. It has become the possession of Onan the Jebusite and God told David in the day he needed the, he needed God desperately he needed the desperate hand of God God said okay go to that land there's a land that I've put my name on I've put I've set my eye upon go to that land buy it anything it costs you buy it and sacrifice there for me and I'll move on your behalf hallelujah that's the place that's the Mount Moriah that's the place called Zion hallelujah watch this and so, quickly, David went, and the man said, I won't sell it to you. Onan said, no, I can't sell it to you. The same story. And look at verse 24. And David said to Onan, no, nay, but I will verily buy it for, a, for the full price. For I will not take that which is thine for the Lord, nor offer burnt offerings without cost. Jesus, thank you, Holy Spirit. How I pray our modern-day church, our modern-day Christians can understand this. Can understand this and stop attacking churches and, and pastors. And you, you, Worship is not genuine unless it involves your, your substance. Your, it costs you. It will cost you physically. It's easy to say amen. But after the service, your offering... Your giving, your tithing, your sacrifices, your activities to build the church. These are the things that show where your actual, the quality of your amen. Your quality of your amen is determined by the sacrifices behind it. Verse 19, let's jump, verse 24. And then I've read David said, I'll buy it. Watch this. Verse 25 says, so David gave Onan Onan for the place 600 shekels of gold by weight. And David, watch this, verse 26, and David built there an altar unto the Lord and offered burnt sacrifice. So David built an altar unto the Lord. He bought it. Why am I showing you this? Because God always has a place he sets his eye on. Now, watch this. How about the temple of Solomon? Watch this. Second, Second Chronicles chapter 3, verse 1. Then Solomon began to build the house of the Lord at Jerusalem. Watch this. At Jerusalem where? In Mount Moriah. Do you remember Mount? Oh, do you remember Mount Moriah? Genesis chapter 22, verse 22. Abraham, God told Abraham, go to Mount Moriah. Watch this. The Solomon, the temple Solomon built is there. Watch this. And Solomon began to build the house of the Lord at Jerusalem. So Mount Moriah is in Jerusalem. Okay. But it's a place in Jerusalem. At Mount Moriah, at, sorry, at Mount Moriah, where the Lord appeared, watch this, unto David his father, in the place that David had prepared 
in the threshing floor of Onan the Jebusite. Did you? <laughs> Did you see the land that God said to told David go and buy it? Is the same place, Mount Moriah, where Abraham was told to go and sacrifice Isaac. God has a place of His choice so that His covenant can work for us. There is always a place of God's choice. It it was called Mount Moriah, but thank God it's Jerusalem. Jerusalem, and there's a place in Jerusalem called Mount Zion. Zion, the choice of God. Yes, I'm talking about Zion, the choice of of God. For we have come to Mount Zion. Watch this. Solomon built, it's interesting. Solomon built the house of the Lord in Mount uh, Mount Moriah, where the Lord appeared to David, in the place where David had prepared in the threshing floor of Aruna, Aruna, the Jebusite, and he began to build in the second, in the in the second day of the second month. In the, Solomon began to build there. So where was the temple built? The temple, watch this. The temple was built the very place Solomon's temple, the first one that was brought, destroyed later on by um, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, was built. The temple was built. Watch this. The very place where Abraham, God told Abraham, go and offer sacrifice for me, Isaac. Go and offer Isaac for me. So Abraham was living in Beersheba, but God said, let's take it higher because there's a place on earth where I've got my eye on. There's a particular place. It's called Moriah. It's called Jerusalem. It's called Mount Zion. Hallelujah. And so Abraham went and did it. David offered there, and then Solomon built the temple there. And um, look at um, in Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 16. Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 16, what God told the children of Israel. God said to them, Deuteronomy 16, 16, thank you, Jesus. God said, three times in a year year shall all thy male appear before the Lord thy God in the place which he has chosen. Okay. And in the feast of the unleavened bread and the feast of the weeks, sorry, uh, in the feast of the unleavened bread and in the feast of weeks, and in the feast of tabernacle, and they shall they shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed. Every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessing of the Lord thy God, which he has given them. So he said, let them appear the way I will choose, three times a year. Let them, everybody travel from wherever and appear there. So, uh, in let's look at some, 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 one hundred and thirty-two, some hundred and thirty-two, verse thirteen. For the Lord has chosen Zion. Ah, where has God chosen Zion? Where has God chosen Zion? Somebody shout Zion. God has chosen Zion. For the Lord has chosen Zion and has desired it for his habitation. The place where he told Abraham, meet me there. Give, give me a slow, sacrifice. Is, is the same place Bible said God has chosen. God has chosen Zion and has desired it for his habitation. Verse verse. Uh, 14 this is my uh, this is my rest forever ah he said i won't change you zion is the place i will permanently stay ah so you see why abraham is the father of faith when god he's the first person god told him go to zion go to moriah and start sacrificing there for me hallelujah hallelujah 
Oh, thank you, Jesus. And so he says, God has chosen Zion, and this is uh, this is my resting place. Oh, sorry, this is my this is my rest forever. Here will I dwell, for I have desired it. He said, This is the place I want. God has got a place of his choice. Let me read it from the um, NIV. Psalm 132, verse 13. For the Lord has chosen Zion. He has desired it for his dwelling place, uh, uh, his dwelling, saying, this is my resting place forever and ever. Here I will sit enthroned, for I have desired it. He won't change it. From the time of Abraham, he located a particular spot, a particular place on earth. That's where the, the temple was built. Can I even surprise you a little bit? Can I take you a little bit further? Would you, would you believe that Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, the lamb of God, was slaughtered and was killed on the, at the same place, on the same mount? Yes. In his time, it was called the Mount, uh, the, uh, the, the Calvary, Calvary Mountain. He was, Jesus was executed. He was killed on the Mount of Calvary. Let me read it. Very interesting text. On the Mount of Calvary. Jesus was killed on the Mount of Calvary. On the Mount of Calvary where he died and gave his life for us. Thank you, Jesus. Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23. Verse 33, Luke 23, verse 33, the scriptures say that, um, and when, when they were come to the place, which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and, uh, and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left hand. They crucified on a, a mountain called Calvary. I submit to you, is that same mountain, Mount Moriah, is the same place, is the same where Jesus was crucified. That was where God told Abraham to sacrifice his son. Because years later, did you remember who carried the wood to the place of slaughter when Isaac and Abraham were going? It was Isaac who carried the wood, who carried the, the cross to the place. Jesus carried it. He, the Bible says they put his cross on, he carried, and then somewhere along the line, he was so faint that uh, Joseph, they, they, no, they called um, Simon, one uh, Cyrene, to come and carry it. But Jesus went to the place, and do you know the name of the place? In the uh, Calvary is 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 a Latin word, Calvaria, Calvaria, Calvaria is a Latin word which means the place of a skull, skull, skull. All right. You remember in Genesis chapter three, where the where God told the devil, the the seed of the woman shall crush your head. Yeah, the place of the skull. That's where Jesus was crucified to crush the skull, the head of the devil. Yes, that's where Matthew chapter twenty three. Sorry, Matthew chapter twenty seven, verse thirty three. In Mark chapter fifteen, verse twenty two. In 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 um in John chapter nineteen, verse. Verse 17, it all says the same thing. Look at Mark chapter 15, verse 22. Mark 15, 22. Look at what, what it says there. And they, 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 and they bring him unto the place Golgotha, okay? Which being interpreted the place of skull. Golgotha means the place of skull. Golgotha, it means skull. 
Jesus was crucified at the place called the skull, which is the same as Calvary. Hallelujah. Chapter 20, Matthew 27, verse 20, 33. Matthew 27, 33. And when they had come into a place called Golgotha, to, uh, Golgotha that is to say the place of skull, that's where they killed him. They, they gave him vinegar and there he died. They crucified him, verse 35 said, they crucified him there. In Matthew, John chapter 19, verse 17, they crucified in a place called Golgotha. Golgotha, Golgotha. And so guess what? That same place where Jesus gave his life. God, God too, that's where he made his sacrifice on Mount Calvary, which is Mount, which was called Mount Moriah, which is Mount Zion. Mount Calvary. Mount Calvary is part of Mount Zion. Mount Zion. That's where God said, I have chosen, as we read in Psalm, Psalm 132, verse, um, verse, uh, verse, Psalm 132, verse 13 and 14. He says that I've chosen the place to be my habitation forever. God has chosen Mount Zion. God has chosen Mount Zion to be his place of habitation forever. Now, let me take it a little bit further and then we can we can draw it close. I want somebody to understand this. Now, application, how does it actually apply to us? We, the modern day church. Hebrews. Hebrews chapter. Before I read Hebrews, let me just show you something in Galatians. Let me go to Galatians. Galatians chapter 4. Verse 21. You will learn something interesting here. Galatians chapter 4 from verse 21 to 24. It says that, Tell me, ye that desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? For if watch it, for, for it is written that Abraham, Abraham had two sons, the one by the bond, a bondmaid, and the other by a free woman. Slave woman and a free woman. Abraham had children by a slave woman and a free woman. This is very important. Two children. But he who was of the bond woman was not uh, was born after the flesh. But he, he who of the free woman was, was by promise. So Isaac is a child of promise, but the other one is just canal. Abraham's personal calculations provided Ishmael. Okay, Abraham's personal calculations, personal programming provided Ishmael. However, Isaac was supernaturally provided. He is the provision of heaven. He is the provision of God. Watch this. Verse 23, sorry, verse 24. Which things are allegory, okay? For these are two covenants. Oh, what is he talking about? Isaac and uh, Ishmael, Bible said they are two covenants. What? The, for the, they are ag- allegory. They are just illustration. But they, are, they represent two covenants. Watch this. These are two um, these, these are two covenants. The one from Mount Sinai, which genera- who, which, uh, 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 which gendereth to bondage, which is Agar. Okay, for Agar is Mount Sinai in Arab- Arabia, and answered to Jerusalem that, that now is, and is in bondage with her children. I will explain it. I think, let me read from the... Um, NIV, and at least it can make it, it, it might be a little bit clearer for some somebody before I actually explain it. All right, let's read the verse 24 again. Verse 23 says that his son by the slave woman, by the slave woman, was born according to the flesh, by his son by the free woman, was born 
as a result of divine uh, of a divine promise. These things are being taken figuratively. The the, the women represent two covenants. Did you see that? Uh, Sarah, uh, sorry, I said Isaac, Sarah and Hagar represent two covenants. Wow. One covenant is from Mount Sinai mm, and bears children who are to be slaves. This is Hagar. Now, Hagar stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present city, Jerusalem. So he's talking about physical things and the law. Present city, Jerusalem, because, because she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem that is above is free and she is the mother of, she is our mother. Jerusalem that is free is our mother. Okay, so he mentions Mount Sinai and then he mentions Jerusalem. And he said Mount Sinai is, that's where, I, let, me, let me say this. The law was given at Mount Sinai. So Moses received the law at Mount Sinai. So he says that the law actually brings bondage. The law doesn't bring freedom. So those who are under the law are under bondage. According to Romans chapter 6, verse 14, he says, we are not under the law. Hallelujah. But we are under grace. We are the children of the heavenly city, Jerusalem. <laughs> but those who are not the law are the children of the natural things for natural Jerusalem and the natural things only bring you natural restrictions and restrictions which uh, that block you from fulfilling the divine divine and the heavenly mandate but our citizenship is from above our 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 mother is the heavenly Jerusalem and we are so in verse 28 said we as Isaac are the children of promise because we are we are of the free woman we are the heavenly Jerusalem. Hallelujah. So watch this. Not Mount Sinai, but Mount Zion. We are not of Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai stands for the law. Mount Zion stands for grace. Hallelujah. Mount Sinai stands for the law. Mount Zion stands for the grace. How do we apply it in our lives? Hebrews chapter 12 verse, uh, let me read from verse 18 and see if I can I can explain some things there. Verse 18 says that for ye are not come unto the mount that the mount that might be touched and that burns with fire nor unto blackness and and darkness and temper that's and that sounds uh, sorry and the sound of a trumpet and the voice the voice of words which voice they that had entreated that that the word should not be spoken to to them anymore for though sorry for they could not endure that which was commanded and if so much as the beast touched the mountain it should be it to be stoned or thrust through with a dart they're saying that the mountain this lord that came on mount zion Mount, sorry, Mount Sinai, of so much restriction. Even the people who were receiving said, please, we don't want it again. This is too much. It came with scare, so much scare. Watch this. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. Even Moses was afraid. He said, that's not the kind of mountain we have come. It's Mount Sinai. That's not the kind of mountain we have come to. But watch this. He said, but, but, ye, are, but ye are come to Mount Zion. But ye are come to Mount Zion. Hallelujah! Let me read from New King James Version. But ye are come to Mount Zion. But ye are come to Mount Zion. But ye have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, to the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly, to the, uh, uh, to, to the general assembly of the church of the firstborn, who's, who are registered, who are registered 
in heaven, to God the judge of all, to the spirit of just men made perfect, to Jesus, oh hallelujah, to Jesus, the mediator of the of the new covenant. You see a covenant has come in again. The mediator of the new covenant to the blood. There's a blood, there's a blood, it's a blood of sacrifice. The blood that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. So that is what we have come into. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But he said, we have come to Mount Zion, not Mount Sinai. Brothers and sisters, if you are born again, if you are in church, oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, may I submit to you that the church, watch this, the church, the church of Christ in the New Testament is the, the it stands for Mount Zion. Or let me put it in a different way. The, the, the poetic, the poetic, prophetic and poetic title for the church is Mount Zion. So when it's like when you are writing a poem, the poetic title for the church is Mount Zion. Mount Zion. So anytime you see Mount Zion, it stands for the church. It's, it's a poetic st- title for the church. The, and we are, we watch this, we have this, the heavenly, we are the heavenly Zion, the, the eternal Zion. We are the 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 spiritual. So we are heavenly. We are eternal and spiritual in nature. It's not natural. The natural Zion, the natural Jerusalem is uh, everything physical has restrictions and bondage. But the heavenly thing does not have restriction and bondage. We are the Zion. We are the heavenly people. We are the eternal people. We are the spiritual people. We are spiritual. We are eternal. And so the time you come across the word Zion in the scriptures, as it applies to the church, as it applies to us, it stands for the church. In the New Testament era, Zion stands and Zion reflects and typifies the church in its heavenly state, in its spiritual state, and in its eternal, with its eternal state. Hallelujah! The church is Zion. And what is? He said, if you are born again, you have come to Mount Zion. If you are born again, you have come to Mount Zion. Anyone who is born again has been introduced to Mount Zion, not Mount Sinai. Mount Zion. Mount Zion is, is a blessing. Mount Zion to be, oh, thank you. Now I'm getting into the thing before I finish. To, to, be, to be called a member of a church, to be called part of the church of Christ is the biggest privilege you can ever be given. That's why I said in the, the letter, I said, there's no way I, will, I, I should envy or you should envy an unbeliever who is not part of the church. The, if, in James, sorry, in First Peter chapter 2, verse Nine said, for you are a chosen generation. You are a royal. We were chosen. God chose us to be at the chosen place. He chose us to be his, ah, thank you, Lord. He chose us to be his eternal dwelling on earth, to be his dwelling. Remember, he says that God delights, has chosen Zion to be his dwelling. That's where he will dwell forever. Now, so when you are, when you are in church, let me go back to the King James, or sorry, the um, Hebrews. In Hebrews, Listen to how he puts it. In Hebrews chapter, um, thank you, Lord. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22 again, he said, But ye are come to Mount Zion. When you have come to Mount Zion, eight things that you have brought yourself into, I want to mention them. What do we come into when we come to Mount Zion? Eight things that we come into, which we come into when we come to Mount Zion. Number one, he says that the city of the living God. Hallelujah! You have come into the city of the living God. You are in not New York City, not Paris, not London City, not Tokyo. 
You have come into the city of the living God. The city of the living God. Remember in Hebrews chapter 11, that is what Abraham sought after. Bible says that from verse 9, they lived in 10. That's why he only built 10. He never he built an altar. An altar is permanent fixture between you and God. But tent is a temporal place of st- uh, accommodation. So he never built a permanent place of accommodation, but he always built a permanent place of encounter with God. Hallelujah! Abraham built tents. Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 that he dwelt in tents with the Abraham, with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs of promise. For the verse 10 says that for the, he sought for a city which had a builder and which foundation was God. He was looking for a city. In the verse 16, I think so. In the verse 16, Bible, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 16. I'm already in Hebrews. Let me just flip back. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 16. He says that, but they desired a better country. That is a heavenly, and heavenly. I told you the church, we are a heavenly city. We are the heavenly city, the eternal city. Oh, hallelujah. We are the house of God, the habitation of God. We are the habitation of God, the temple of God. Hallelujah. Remember the temple of God, the temple of God, which Solomon was instructed to build, was built on Mount Zion. Hallelujah. We are the temple of God. Bible says that, um, for they've desired a heavenly uh, a, a country, a better country that is unheavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God for he had prepared for them a city. He had prepared for them a city. And he says that when you come into Christ, when you come into the church, Zion, you have come into the city. Oh, oh, thank you, Jesus. Listen, you are not a sorry person. You are a blessed person, an enviable person because you have come into the city of the the living God. So number one, you've come into the city of the living God. Number two, you have come into the heavenly Jerusalem. Number three, all in Hebrews chapter there is there. Hebrews chapter 12 verse, verse, verse 22. But you have come to Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. Number three, the an innumerable company of angels. And the NIV, I saw it in the NIV, says that to thousands upon or thousands upon thousands of uh, assemb- assembly of angels. A very nice one, the way he put it. Uh, he says that um, you have come into sorry, I was looking at chapter 11. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, to the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. <laughs> That's amazing. You have come to thousands of thousands of angels in joy. They are happy to have your to have your company. When you see when you are born again, and when we gather as a church, it's a serious thing. It says serious thing in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 12. Jesus said, I, in the midst of the congregation, in the midst of the church, I will, I will, that's the first time the church appears in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter, some verses may not use church, but other verses use church. In the middle of the church, I will declare your name. Because the church is the heavenly Jerusalem. When you come to Mount Zion, the church is Mount Zion. And when you come to Zion, Mount Zion, you have come to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, innumerable company of angels, or thousands of thousands of the assembly of joy of uh, of angels in joyful assembly number four he said to the general assembly and the church of 
the firstborn. We have come into the churches. We are the church of the firstborn. The church of the firstborn. We are the church of Christ. You actually are part of the church, the special, the special elect of Christ. This is amazing to be part of the church, to be part of Mount Zion. It's amazing. Watch this. So number four is the general assembly of the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. Number five, to to the God, to God, the judge of all, God will judge for you. Don't worry. When you are in church, you have come to God, the judge of all. He don't fight. Don't try and defend yourself unnecessarily in by doing and, and accidentally or invariably end up on the wrong side of the blessings of God. Don't do it. Anything that will affect your stay with God, don't, don't be distracted by it. But it says that you have come to the God, to God, the judge of all. That's number, number five. Number Number six, to the spirit of just men made perfect. All those who have died and gone, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Elijah, Elisha, Daniel, Moses, David, Samson, Samuel. Um, um, some of you didn't think I would say Samson. Samson is part of it, okay. He walked by faith. Samson, Rahab, all these just people. And you're talking about um, uh, Peter. You're talking about Saul, uh, sorry, Paul, Peter. You're talking about Paul, Timothy, um, Bartholomew, John the John the Baptist, John the Revelator. You are talking about Matthew. All these great guys: John, Luke, Archippus, Achinapus. Um, you are talking about Aristarchus. You are talking about Timotheus. You are talking about all these great people: uh, uh, Philemon. These people who have lived with God, who have served and God. Bible says, when you come to church, you have come into the company of their spirits. The company of the spirit, uh, you are the spirit of just men, the spirit of these are just men made perfect. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They have entered into glory. They have entered into perfection. When we come as a church, both what watch it, Zion does not only mean universal church. It means the universal church of God. And it also means the local church when we gather. So when we have gathered physically, like what we have done now on the platform, it is an aspect of the church. But when we come together physically, it's even more reinforced. Watch this. You have come into, so number six, to the spirit of just men made perfect. Verse 24, that's number seven. And to the to, to, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. You have come to Jesus, the mediator. You are dealing with a covenant. When you come into church, you are dealing with a new covenant, a better covenant. And Bible says that, number eight, to the blood of sprinkle that speaks better things. Something is speaking for you. It doesn't matter what you did in the past. Something, something of God is speaking for you. The goodness of God is speaking for you. The goodness of God is speaking for you. The, the blood of Jesus is speaking for you. Abel's blood was calling for vengeance. Jesus' blood was calling for mercy. The blood of Jesus is speaking for you, covering you for the mistakes and the things you did in the past which you have repented of. The blood of Jesus is covering you. When Satan accuses you, give him the, show him the blood. The blood is speaking for you. When you come into Mount Zion, that's what you have come into. The heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God, the company of innumerable angels, the assembly of the church born, uh, the, the church of the firstborn, the spirit of just men made perfect. Hallelujah. You are coming to the spirit of just men made perfect perfect. You have come to God, the judge of all. You have come to Christ, the mediator of the new covenant. And you have come uh, of the new covenant. And you have come to the blood of sprinkle that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. Hallelujah! This is what you have come into. Anytime you come into church, anytime you commit yourself to church, that's what you have committed yourself to. That's why you are not a, a pitiful, a, a pitiable person. You are an enviable person or you are an enviable person. People will envy you. Why? Because the hand of God is upon you. The blessing of God is upon you. But 
Bible calls the church the workmanship of the workmanship of God or the masterpiece of God's creation. It's not Niagara Falls. It's, it's not Mount Everest. It's not the seven wonders of the world. Those things are natural creations, natural creations. But I'm telling you, there is a new creation, and the church is the new creation. The church is the masterpiece. The set. Hey, thank you, Jesus. Is the centerpiece of God's creation. The centerpiece. The masterpiece. The center of attraction of everything God has created. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 is the masterpiece, is the poem man. And Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10, Bible says that so that by the church, the wisdom of God, the multifarious wisdom, the complicated wisdom of God will be made, will be made, uh, uh, will be made known. God's wisdom will be, uh, will be on display to the principalities and powers, to the principalities in high heavenly places, the, uh, the, the wisdom of God. So when it takes the church for God to display his wisdom, that's what I'm saying. It takes the church to see, wow, angels are wild when they look at the church, when they look at the way we have gathered. Even lockdown, they try to lock us down. I heard someone say that Satan said, I'm going to, I'm going to close the church by closing church buildings. And God said, no problem. I've actually started, now I've started church in every home now. People are, as, as you sit around the TV, in your office, in your car, and you are listening, and you are connecting your heart, we are having church. But guess what? Very soon we are going to have the true proper church. We are going to come together, Mount Zion, Mount Zion. God has chosen Mount Zion. In conclusion, let me add this quickly. Um, what do you know about Mount Zion? Let's look at what God has said about Mount Zion. Number one, Mount Zion in, in 2 Samuel chapter 5. In 2 Samuel chapter 5 verse 7, Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion. The same is the city of David. The city of David is the greatest king that ever lived in the New Testament, in the Old Testament, or in human history. Actually, his dynasty, his dynasty lasted longer than any other person. So, David, his city is the. But because Jesus is the son of David, Jesus also had to be born. Uh, he was born a king. And look, at, I need you to see this in um, in Psalm, the book of Psalm. We are going to Psalm forty-eight, verse two. Psalm 48, verse 2. It says that, let's read from verse 1. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Great to the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mount of his holiness. That's Jerusalem, okay? That is Zion, the mount of God's holiness. And then verse 2, it says that, beautiful, the mount of this mount is talking, beautiful for situations, the joy of the whole world is Mount Zion. On the side of the north, the city of the great king. What, what do you know about Mount Zion? Mount Zion is the city of the great king. Hallelujah. I'm enjoying this time. Hallelujah. Mount Zion is the city of the great king. So Mount Zion is the city of the great king. That's where God has chosen to put his name. In, in other words, that is where our king of kings, Jesus, our king of kings, that is spiritual Mount Zion. That's where he, he dwells. Look at Revelation. It, it, it will interest you to see this. In Revelation chapter 14, verse 1, it says that, And I looked and lo, a lamp stood on the Mount Zion. Wow! And with him were, uh, with him, with him an hundred and forty and four thousand, having his father's name written on their forehead. The lamb stood on Mount Zion. That's where he is. 
he, he said there is the city of the king, Mount Zion. Before I go to the second point, there was something I needed to show you as I was studying. Um, I want you to see this just in case I don't get to that because of my time. In, in, in Psalm 84, verse 5, he says, bless, how bless, I'm reading from the uh, New American Standard Version, New American Standard Version. How blessed is the man whose strength is in you, in whose heart are, thy high, are the highways of Zion? It's in your heart. What's the highways of, of Zion? The way we do things in church, the way God has given us, how we should handle the church, how you should serve him. He said, in your heart, not in your only actions, so, not in your eyes as you are watching. No, but in your heart are the highways of Zion. He said, you are blessed. You are blessed that it's in your heart. The highways of Zion is in your heart. The way of doing things in church, the highway, the highway, the higher, the, the, the dimensions, how things are supposed to be done in church to the glory of God. In church, in Zion, he said it's in your heart, the highways. Don't let it leave your heart because that is a route to the highest blessing of life, the highways of Zion. Hallelujah. So number one, back to the number one, what do we know about Zion is the city of the king. Okay, is the city Christ Christ dwells in the heavenly, heavenly Zion. Okay, so it's the city of the king. Number two, I like this. Number two, Zion is the dwelling place of God on earth. Zion is the dwelling place of God in Psalm, Psalm 9 verse 11. There are quite a few Psalms I would like to read quickly. Thank you, Jesus. Zion is the dwelling place of God. Psalm 9 verse 11 says that, Sing praises unto the Lord which dwells in Zion. Declare, where does he dwell? Zion. Do you understand why he told Abraham, go and sacrifice there? <laughs> the dwelling place of God on earth is Zion. So the church being Zion is the dwelling place of God. God doesn't dwell anywhere but the church, I'm telling you. Yes, Zion is the dwelling place of God on earth. Psalm 74. Look at Psalm 74. Let's look at Psalm 74 quickly. Psalm 74 verse... Um, Two, Psalm verse 74, remember thy congregation which thou hast uh, uh, purchased of old, um, which thou purchased of, of old, the rod of thine inheritance which thou hast redeemed, that this Mount Zion wherein thou dwellest. You see, where, we, where you live, that's Mount Zion. I think, let me read from the, um, the rest, let me read them from the New King James because of the King James, the way the King James sounds. Um, New King James, thank you, Jesus. Psalm 70, let's look at Psalm 76. Psalm 76, verse 2, I think. Psalm 76, verse 2, he said, In Salem also is his tabernacle, and his dwelling place is Zion. God's dwelling place is Zion. Brothers and sisters, God's dwelling place is Zion. Psalm 135, Psalm 135, verse 21. God's dwelling place is Zion. Psalm 135, verse 21. Let's look at it. It says that, um, Blessed be the Lord out of Zion who dwells in Jerusalem. Praise God. So God dwells in Zion. Psalm 84, verse 4. I would, I would like to read verse 4. That was Psalm 84, Verse 4 to 7, it says that blessed are those who dwell, 
who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. Uh, uh, they make it, it's valley, but because you are blessed, when you pass there, the valley turns into a spring. Hallelujah! They make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. They, they go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. Why? Where is God? God is in Zion. And finally, this one you will like. In Isaiah chapter 8, verse, uh, verse 18, he said, As for me and the sons whom God has given to me, they, we are for signs and wonders. He says, Here I am and the children whom God has given to me. We are for signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts who dwells in Mount Zion. Where does God dwell? God dwells in Mount Zion. So number one is the city of the king. Uh, the, the, uh, the king. Number two, God that is the dwelling place of God on earth. Number three is the joy of the whole earth. We read it earlier on Psalm 48 verse 2. It said the joy of the whole earth. Zion, the church, is the joy of the whole earth. They will fight us, but they don't know. We are the joy of the whole of the whole earth. Zion is the joy of the whole earth. Now, um, number four, the highlights and the beauty of the city, the, the holy city, Jerusalem. The same thing in, uh, in Psalm 48. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Psalm 48, verse, I've, I just read the verse two. Let's look at Let's just go to Psalm 50, verse 2 then. Psalm 50, verse 2 says, I'm reading from the New King James. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God will shine out of Zion. Where? Out of the church. All right. Your miracle, your testimony, your blessing is in the church. Number, so is there, is there, is there, um, Number four is the highlights, is the highlight and the beauty of the city of Jerusalem. It, it, like a foretaste of the heavenly Jerusalem we are going to is the church, is the church. If you can't stand the church, what makes you think you can stand, you can enjoy heavenly Jerusalem? No. We are a foretaste. That's why it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, chapter 3, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, we are the masterpiece of God. Chapter 3, verse 10, it says that by the church, the wisdom of God is displayed because it's the highlight of the, the heavenly city. Number... Number five is the, oh, I like number five, Psalm 20, Psalm 20, verse two. Psalm 20, verse two, it says, <clears throat> may he send you help from, from the sanctuary, strengthen you out of Zion. So Psalm 20, verse two says, God, may God strengthen you out of Zion, which means that um, is the center of help and strength for the saints. Don't disconnect yourself from Zion. Do not disconnect yourself from Zion. Psalm 53, verse 6. Psalm 53, verse 6. Psalm 53, verse 6, it says that, Oh, that oh, that the salvation of Israel will come out of Zion. God saves us and strengthens us, strengthens us out of Zion. Okay, so Zion is the is the is the center. So is the center. Is the is, is the center of help and strength for the saints. Number six, 
is the uh, is the place is the place of God's love. Psalm eighty-seven. God loves Zion. If you love the church, you are in love. You are loving what God loves, and the blessing of God will come upon you. God loves Zion. Psalm eighty-seven, verse two says that the Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. God loves Zion. If you love the church, you love what God loves, and you get God's attention. Can you imagine if you some if you love somebody's child? And the person really loves their child, and they see you love the child, you get the attention, they will do everything, everything for you. If, let's say a millionaire child goes to school, and her, the millionaire's child is so much in, it has a friend, they are so close, they love each other at school. Every event, that, that friend, doesn't matter their background, they will invite the friend because that's my daughter's friend or my, my son's friend. In the same way, if you love the church, you love what God loves and God will certainly bless you. I'm telling you, I'm talking about Mount Zion, the heavenly Zion, the, the spiritual Zion. The church is the dwelling of God. So number one is the city of the king. Number two is the dwelling place of God on earth. Number three is the joy. Zion is the joy of the whole earth. Number four is the highlight and beauty of the uh, heavenly and the holy city, Jerusalem. Number five is the center of help and strength for the sin. Number six is the place of love for God. And number seven, uh, God is great in Zion. God is great in Zion. When you come to Zion, you see the greatness of God. Don't disconnect yourself from church if you want God to help you. If you want to enjoy the goodness of God, then don't disconnect yourself from Zion. Zion, please, let's serve Zion. Let's serve the interests of Zion. Do not think you are doing anybody a favor for coming to church, for connecting to church, because you are connecting yourself to something that is bigger than your background, bigger than your future, bigger than who you are, bigger than where you are, and nothing can limit and can restrict you if you are connected to the to the house of God, Zion. God has chosen Zion. God, Zion is the choice of God. Zion is the choice of God. Let it be your preference. Let it be your choice. Let the highways of Zion be in your heart. Let the highway of Zion be in your heart. Let the highway of Zion be in your heart. Your sacrifices, your commitment, your labors. Let, don't just be laboring everywhere. It's good to labor regarding your career, regarding your family and everything, but make sure you have labors in Zion because if you have labors in Zion, you have invested into eternal destiny. You have invested into something that God's heart is on. I pray for you that in the name of Jesus, nothing will stop you from being fully connected and committed to Zion because Zion is the place of God's choice. As we serve God in Zion, I see heaven serving, serving us and helping us in life. You will never lack help. You will never lack beauty. You will never lack promotion. You will never lack a better advantage. You will never lack lifting. You will never lack glory. Why? Because you have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come into the company of innumerable angels. You have come into the general assembly of the of the church of the firstborn. You have come. You have come into a church for whose names are written in heaven. That's what you have come into, my brother. That's what you have come into, my sister. You have come into the to God, the Judge of all flesh. You have come to Jesus Christ, the Mediator of the new covenant. You in Zion, you are dealing with the covenant. Is the place of covenant and you have come to the blood of sprinkle that speaks better
better things. I see the blood speaking for your family. I speak the blood defending your health. The blood of Jesus defending your health. The blood of Jesus defending your finances, defending your family, defending your marriage, defending you fed, defending your career. The blood of Jesus is fighting for you. God said, vengeance is mine. Leave it for me. The blood of Jesus will defend and fight for you in the name of Jesus. I speak a blessing. I speak favor. I speak favor out of Zion. May God strengthen you out of Zion. Don't disconnect yourself from Zion, please. I know it's locked down. It's been locked down, but don't disconnect yourself from Zion because God can help you out of Zion. God will strengthen you out of Zion. Don't wait for crisis before you love Zion. Let the highway of Zion be in your heart, not only in your hands or your actions, but let the thing be in your heart. Nobody can discourage you from it. Even the days where you are down, you know I, am, I belong to Zion. When they were in Babylon, they told them, why don't you, in Psalm 137, he said, why don't you, those who carried us away captivity, required of us a song. How can we see, sing the songs of Zion? They said, can you sing us some of the songs of Zion? We said, how can we sing the songs of Zion in a strange land? Zion in a, is a place of joy. It's the joy of the whole earth. I thank God for your life. I pray that I stay in Zion. Make sure your commitment to God is Zion connected because or, and Zion based because Zion is the choice of God. God bless you. Thank you for listening. We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at carries.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Caris Ministries. Stay blessed.